KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, June 15. California reopens, but what about people who can't get vaccinated? More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Today is the day we've all been waiting for. Stay-at-home orders in California are officially lifted, and businesses are back at full capacity. No more social distancing and masks off for those who are vaccinated. And if that's not enough incentive to go get your vaccine, Governor Gavin Newsom announced yet another reason to get vaccinated on Monday. A new lottery drawing to take place on July 1st when six vaccinated Californians will win, quote, dream vacations and 2,000 dollars for travel expenses. State officials are set to unveil a new electronic system that will allow businesses to check the vaccination status of customers. Newsom stressed that this system is voluntary. It's meant as an option for businesses dealing with people who aren't wearing masks. Here's California's Health and Human Services Secretary, Mark Galley. You know, we worry about discrimination, inequities, uh, limiting access to folks. We also want to make sure that we remind people that sharing your vaccine status, if that's your desire, is is somebody's personal prerogative. Unvaccinated people are supposed to continue wearing masks. The National Weather Service has issued an excessive heat warning for San Diego County deserts, valleys, and mountain areas until the end of this week. The San Diego Humane Society has some caution to give pet owners as well. Here's Nina Thompson with the San Diego Humane Society. The best thing to do is to leave them at home. We want to bring our pets with us, but during the heat of the day, they're actually more comfortable resting at home where it's cool, where they have water. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego news now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Today marks the state's official reopening. Occupancy restrictions inside offices, stores, restaurants, bars, and stadiums are gone. And mask requirements are greatly relaxed. Californians everywhere are celebrating their rediscovered freedoms, except for one group. KPBS reporter Claire Tregesert tells us about people who can't get vaccinated for medical reasons. Yeah, it was just poor timing. I, they, it was like, I think two weeks after I got my medication, that the vaccine became available to This is Bernice. We're not using her real name for privacy reasons. Because of her job, she knew she would be near the front of the line for a COVID vaccine when they became available last winter. But Bernice has multiple sclerosis. And at the time, her symptoms were flaring up. I'm pretty comfortable being uncomfortable because I'm a runner. <laughs> like, like, how much uncomfort can I, like, deal with? I mean, I don't know. There are drug treatments that alleviate her symptoms, but they suppress her immune system, making the vaccines far less effective. So if Bernice were to do the treatments, she couldn't take the vaccine for six months. At, some, at one point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, So she got her treatment. 
two weeks later, she was eligible to get the vaccine. But instead, now she'll be waiting until August. I mean, it wasn't like immediately frustrating. I feel like it's more frustrating now that people are back to normal. Millions of people nationwide have chronic conditions requiring immunosuppressive treatments. AIDS, rheumatoid arthritis, and Crohn's disease are just a few examples. Also included are people who've received organ transplants and many cancer patients. UC San Diego epidemiologist Rebecca Fielding Miller says these people aren't getting enough consideration. We have not done a great job thinking about people with disability, people who are not, you know, 100% able-bodied um, throughout this entire pandemic. And so this is part of that pattern. She says loosening mask rules in stores and workplaces put unfair burdens on people. What it means to live in a community where everybody can feel safe, everybody can go into Target and, you know, buy a carton of ice cream and not and ha not have that be a terrifying experience. But other than those very, very rare circumstances, um, people should be getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Dr. Davy Smith, an infectious disease specialist at UC San Diego, says only people with known allergies to a vaccine ingredient should skip the shot. That means people on immunosuppressive treatments should probably still get COVID-19 vaccines, even if they won't be as protected as a healthy person. What I would say and what I do say to my patients is, yeah, I'm going to give you the vaccine, but you, you have a condition or you're taking a medication that might this might not work as well for you as what everybody wants it to. So you need to go out into the world and be careful. Um, the most I would do is just, you know, do drive through mocha. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's the attitude taken by Bianca Santos, who takes immunosuppressive drugs after her kidney transplant. She received both doses of the Moderna vaccine, but knows they may not be as effective on her. So she doesn't feel the freedom many others experience post-vaccine. Um, it's very disheartening, though, because, you know, you see your friends all going out and stuff and then doing activities outdoors, eating at restaurants. As a young person, Santos says it's depressing to look at her friends' social media accounts. That was KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser. The pandemic was hard on a lot of local businesses. So KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell checked in with how some of them are adjusting to today. It's the day many local businesses have been waiting for as California's colored-coded tier system comes to a halt. Customers can say goodbye to capacity limits, social distancing requirements, and those who are fully vaccinated can do away with their face masks. While some businesses can't wait to get back to normalcy, others aren't in a rush. Carlos Reyes, the head chef at Pokey's Mexican Eatery, says they're taking a slower reopening approach. It doesn't really change much for us. We're going to continue running our operations the same with dining outside and a little bit of the indoor as well. He says vaccinated employees can feel free to ditch the face mask. We like to let our employees kind of like, if you feel comfortable with, with the mask, that's cool. If you don't, then I believe you don't have to wear it if those are like the regulations. Although some restaurants in the downtown area have already loosened up restrictions, many still have face mask requirements for customers and some still require temperature checks. They took my temperature check um, on my wrist. 
Krizia Albuquerque says it's time to lift restrictions. That means um, people can be um, on their own decisions on how to think of taking care of themselves and others. Although she believes some restrictions were necessary, Albuquerque isn't fond of employers asking whether or not employees have been vaccinated. Very scary question. Some restrictions in California will remain in place. Those who aren't vaccinated are still required to wear a face mask and masks will still be required on all public transit and at airports. And that was KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. The San Diego City Council approved a $4.6 billion budget on Monday to cover the upcoming fiscal year. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says funding for police, parks and the arts dominated the debate. For months, progressive activists have been pushing for cuts to the San Diego Police Department budget and for increased funding to social programs. Many repeated those calls Monday, while others called in to oppose cuts to police funding. Councilmember Monica Montgomery Stepp tried unsuccessfully to cut police overtime funding and reallocate it for new streetlights, homeless outreach, and other priorities that she says also support public safety. This is what the reallocation is about. It is about finally, finally prioritizing the communities that have been left behind. And because they have been left behind, yes, they have higher crime. Ultimately, the council approved a $19 million increase to the police budget, mostly due to rising salary and benefit costs. And there were a few last-minute changes to the budget, among them an additional $2 million for arts and culture organizations and $350,000 for a new Office of Child and Youth Success. We can and we must invest more of our city's resources with the success of children and youth in mind. And by establishing this office, we are going to leverage our assets to make our city a great place to grow up and raise a family. The city budget was stabilized thanks to roughly $150 million in federal aid from President Biden's American Rescue Plan. That money is offsetting massive drops in revenue from the local tourism economy, which is still recovering from the pandemic. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. Coming up, after a year of no summer camp, it's finally making a comeback. We'll have that story next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The pandemic canceled most summer camps last year, but this year it's making a comeback. CDC and state of California guidelines allow for increased operations, especially in cases where all staff and children are fully vaccinated. As part of the ongoing Shared Spaces series about emerging from the pandemic, CAP Radio's Randall White looks at the upcoming summer camp season and how COVID-19 is not the only focus. 
Recently, while hiking with roughly a dozen young kids along a trail near Donner Lake in the Sierra Nevada, this happened. A bug! Bug! The kids stopped to observe a curious insect resting on a boulder. It looks like a gray and yellow. I think it looks like a fly. This hike is part of a TINS Day Camp, or Tahoe Institute for Natural Science. Education manager Kendall Scott says more outings are now on the summer camp schedule, which were canceled last summer because of COVID. She says parents couldn't be happier. We have kind of unprecedented levels of interest in camp this year. We actually opened up two new sections of camp. So yeah, I definitely think people are really excited. But expanding camp operations is not the only issue on the minds of some in the camp industry. There's a new push to make this childhood tradition more inclusive of different races, cultures, and of those in the LGBTQ communities. The considerations and the thoughts and the questioning is happening like I haven't seen it before. Liz Kimmelman is the owner of Tumbleweed Day Camp in Los Angeles and a member of the American Camp Association. The camp industry is slowly, but is working on creating more spaces that directly support and and make safe for the non-dominant culture. Kimmelman believes diversity, equity, and inclusion is not just about providing camp scholarships for economically disadvantaged children, but it's also about reconsidering some long-held camp traditions like using native-sounding words and images of teepees. Oh my goodness, we are greatly culturally appropriating indigenous iconography, and to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm acknowledging it and we're going to do something about it. Another important issue as children head back to these large social settings is mental health. Dr. Heather Bernstein is a clinical psychologist at the Child Mind Institute in the Bay Area. She thinks camps could use this summer's reboot to focus on the mental well-being of the kids they serve. Bernstein anticipates a lot more anxiety in campers this year and says camp staff and parents shouldn't just brush it off and instead should be really leaning into the validation of how how stressful that this might be. And it might be fun and your kid might have an awesome time, but kind of giving them the space to just talk about that it is scary and then helping them problem solve and helping them come up with strategies to live with the anxiety and still go to camp. Back with the kids on the trail near Donner Lake, camp leader Kendall Scott says learning about and being in nature are cures for some anxieties. She says spurring kids to be inquisitive about their surroundings helps them better understand and reduce fear. Which brings us back to the unusual bug spotted earlier in the hike and how I noticed the kids getting excited, not frightened by the insect, part of that teaching method in action. In this case, the kids learned it was a type of hoverfly, totally harmless. Bye, bye, bug. In Sacramento, I'm Randall White. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.